Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, talks about the importance of prayer. Whether we identify it as such or not, it is likely that what we are facing today is the result of prayers or lack of prayers. We often pray with a preconceived idea of what we think we need, but God's answers do not always look the way we anticipate. Our prayers are effective, even when we don't experience the results we originally anticipated. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I really want to bless this word for us. And I want to talk about prayer. And the importance of prayer. Okay? But first, we have to understand that we do not really understand or see everything that's going on. And I woke up the other night and I, I, was, I, I went like, and I thought about that story of the servant of the prophet. And there's a big difference between the prophet and the servant of the prophet. And I think that a lot of times we live a life like servants of prophets. And we we get confused with everything that we see. And we see a lot of things, a lot of circumstances, a lot of problems, a lot of people in need of prayers. You know, we have people in the hospital. We have people fighting diseases. And we have, and a lot of times it's so easy to focus on all of that, on all the problems like the servant of the prophet. Let's go there. Second Kings 6, 15 to 17. Now when the attendant of the men of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? That's my life, right? (laughs) Oh my God. What am I going to do now? What is going on? All these problems surrounding us. All these circumstances. So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Do you see the difference between the servant and the prophet? The prophet 
has the vision, he has the perception, and he sees what is available from God. And by his prayer and by his prophecies, he triggers those chairs of fire to act right here. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is when we stop seeing what we see, and we see what God has made available, and we trigger God's moving on the earth. Amen? Galatians 6.12. I think I got it wrong. It's Ephesians. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. There are a lot of things set in motion today like the army surrounding the city. But it is by prayer that we release something to change the course of this age. I'm going to read a little bit of a story of when Israel asked Samuel for a king. Right? We're talking about prayer. For Samuel... Samuel 12:23 verse 22 For the Lord will not abandon his people on account of his great name because the Lord has been pleased to make you a people for himself So Samuel is saying even though you guys are making a mistake by asking for a king God will not abandon you Because he has been pleased to make a people for himself. But look at what Samuel is saying. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. But I will instruct you in the good and right way. Samuel is saying, I will not sin by not praying for you. Because, of course, there are a lot of things that are going to come into play here against God's plan for the people of Israel and the other nations are going to come and other gods and idols and all of that. But I'm going to keep praying because at the end, if I don't pray, I'm sinning. I want to read a little bit of a, a message by John Robert Stevens about this verse in Samuel. There was a reason why he would say, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Prayer to him was not an optional thing. It was an obligation. Because there was no other way that God had committed himself to lose his wisdom 
and power among men, but by prayer. Since God had held men before men the unlimited power through prayer, it means that correspondingly, he had voluntarily limited himself to move through that channel. So, God was saying literally to people, unless you believe in my omnipotence to bless you through prayer, you will find that in all your wishes and in all your striving, my hands are tied behind my back to help you. doesn't matter how many chairs of fire are around us. If we do not activate them through prayer, God cannot do anything. Listen to this. Why should God do that? Because God is the God of order and law. He created many laws. He set many things in motion. It's not God's will that a hurricane comes our way. It's just the laws of nature are in motion. Right? Maybe one spirit or other wants to bring some destruction to the islands, but it's not God's will necessarily. It's just things are set in order, in motion. But if we pray, we can change that. God created many laws, and when he finally finished and looked upon man, he said, I will make one thing, the highest law, the highest principle to be in operation in the whole universe. By prayer, man can lay hold of my strength. By prayer, he can find my wisdom when he needs it. I will be with him. In order for God to meet the people when they would cry unto him, it meant that the law had to be greater. If that law was on any lesser plane, there could be some kind of circumstance in the physical or spiritual realm that could overwhelm him and God would not meet his need. So, he had to make prayer the greatest thing of all. Or the situation would occur at some time or other that God could not meet. We have seen answers to prayers. Right? You guys with me? We have seen. And I think it's time for us to double up. And I want to bless us with this. Not that we pray because we are afraid of what we see, but because we pray because we see what God has available to be triggered by our prayers. All the promises, all the provisions are there in heaven waiting for somebody, not the servant, (laughs) 
but the prophets to have an awareness and be able to speak the word and pray accordingly. This is out of a book called Pray Without Ceasing by John Robert Stevens. And the message is prayerlessness, the sin against the Lord. Awesome message. Really encourage you to find it. I want to read a little parable. Luke 18, 1. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. It is interesting that with the verse that I read in Ephesians 6, a lot of times we think that removing people will solve the problem. You, if you remove people and the spirit continues, the problems will remain. Right? So here, she was not dealing directly to the opponent. He was going, she was going to the judge. There was a widow, verse 3 again, in the, that city, and she kept coming to him saying, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet, because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. This is a very important lesson about prayer. You know, about justice, about judgment, about things that we can see that are going wrong. She did not have any power to change anything. She could not fix her situation. She probably tried everything. But she went and right before the judge. And that's what prayer is. You know, Matthew 6, like, you go into your closet, say, Our Father, which are in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him, day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is awesome. But Allah is dependent on us. 
even in Isaiah, it says that he will put watchmen on the wall that will remind him day and night. So, is it important for us to pray? Yes. And not lose heart. You know, we can face a lot of times circumstances. They're like a wall that do not move. And we can get discouraged. And we can, one of the first things we do is we start judging. <laughs> right? And then because you see people and you see circumstances and, you know, but we forget that even the people in, involved can be under something. And we are not to judge. We are to go before the judge and ask you, judge. You be the judge. Very interesting story here in Acts 12. Starting with verse 5, you read that Peter was in prison. And the church started praying and praying and praying. And then it's awesome to read this. But then what happened? Some angels came and released Peter. Peter could not believe what was happening. He was like, what is going on here? Right? Here. Verse 7. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Pretty cool. Right? It's funny that Peter was not praying. Everybody in the church was praying. He was sleeping. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put, up, put on your sandals. And he did it. So, and he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow him. He did not know what was he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. How many times you were not even praying? You were sleeping. And somebody was praying for you. And things started working in your life. I, I think I would love to have a list in my life of that. You know, how many things could have gone wrong in my life if nobody was praying for me? We have a situation right now, a beloved brother in the hospital. Thank God he's recovering. That's how I woke up the other night. It's answers to prayers. 
the worst was avoided, averted. And his life was preserved because of prayers. And a lot of times we don't even know, you know, if our prayers are effective. But look at our lives and how many doors have opening right in front of us when you're not even sure if that was the angel or not. But somebody was praying for you. That's why Samuel is saying, God forbid that I sin against the Lord by not praying for you. And then at that moment, he was praying for a people, the people of Israel, making a great mistake. He was not judging them. He was like, as a man of God, as a prophet, as a priest, crying. Lord, keep your word. Keep your promises. So it's funny, if you're continuing this story, that, you know, Peter goes to the house where the church was gathered, praying, and this little girl opens the door, you know, the little... There's a ghost out there. She goes inside, like, Peter is knocking. Like, shh, we're praying. Don't distract us. Kids, always distracting us. No, Peter's knocking at the door. Your prayers have been answered. Finish reading this chapter later, okay? Acts 12, it's very entertaining. But, why is this important? Well, then I found this, this passage. This is out of a message called Amazing Answers to Prayers. Also by John Robert Stevens. This passage describes the first real energetic intercession that the early church made on behalf of the ministries who were under persecution. Peter was actually delivered from death by the miraculous intervention of the angel. The chains, the gates, the locked doors, and the soldiers were all tremendous barriers to Peter's release. Yet, by the power of God, it came about. Let us explore four truths which will open your understanding concerning God's amazing answers to your prayers. This is awesome. I think you're going to love it. We often do not recognize the answer to prayer when it comes. <laughs> we often pray, but we have a preconceived idea of what we think the answer will be. But the judge knows better what you need and what those in the circumstance, the situation involved need. Even Peter did not realize that what was happening to him was true. Sometimes you pray for something, and when God answers, you're not really alert to the fact that God is answering your prayer. For instance, I love this one. 
if you pray for patience, it seems as if everything goes wrong. Right? You pray for love. Try that one. God will put a lot of people in your life that are hard to love. That's how you grow in love. Right? So you pray for patience. It seems as if everything goes wrong. Suddenly, you have many troubles and many problems. Romans 5, 3 says that tribulation works patience. You ask for patience. And so the Lord sends you tribulation. There's no way, other way to get it. So number one, we often do not recognize the answer to prayer when it comes. We often do not know what to do with the answer when it comes. Most of us react the same when God begins to answer our prayers. We do not know what to do. You know, the answer is knocking at your door and you run inside. I think that there's a ghost. (laughs) Right? When Peter stood before the house where they were having the prayer meeting, trying to pray him out of jail. A young girl by the name of Rhoda answered the door. She was so excited. She did not even open the gate to Peter. She ran inside. And everybody stopped. We're praying here. When God begins to answer prayer, we are often astonished When the answer comes, no matter how much faith we have. Acts 12, 16 says that Peter continued knocking at the door. And everyone who saw him was astonished. They were surprised. Seeing Peter (laughs) was the last thing in the world they were expecting. (laughs) Even though they were praying. (laughs) You understand that? You pray for something, but you do not expect it to happen. They were inside praying that Peter would be let out of jail. And when they saw him at the door, they were astonished. This is a picture of how much unbelief is ingrained within us, even when we set ourselves to believe God. So here's a thought that you're going to meditate on this week. What if what I'm facing today is perfectly the result of my prayers or the result of the lack of my prayers? Right? I think that it's both. Because, thank God, there are people praying for us. I pray for you. And I know you pray for me. But 
Lord, give us this heart of Samuel that realize that it is a sin to stop praying. And the fourth one, we do not accept the answer when God provides it. We do not understand the full extent of what he is doing. The early church was very focused on praying for Peter. When Rhoda said that Peter was outside, she was told not to interrupt all those who were busy praying for Peter. People do not accept the answer when it comes. The Lord's moving is often unrecognized. Many Christians pray, Dear Lord Jesus, come bless our church, bless our programs, bless our plans and committees, bless this new project that we have lined up this coming year for you. Right? They want to channel the answer to prayer in their own way of thinking. They do not want to let God be God. Instead, they want to harness Him into a little groove where they can react comfortably, where they can handle it without it becoming a little too much for them. That's the human tendency in all of us. Let's end our tendency to pray without really appropriating what God has provided and without accepting his way of giving it to us. Let God be God. Magnify the Lord and trust Him with all your heart. The widow had to be persistent. Knocking at the judge's door in the courtroom. And I think that that's what we have to do in prayer. We have to be persistent. But we also have to be ready for God to change us in the process. Right? Because He's not going to just give justice to you. He's going to also make you grow. He's going to discipline you. He's going to teach you something. You know, and maybe the widow had to learn that in the process. But what we need is, Lord, I want to thank you for the answers to prayers. The servant of the prophet, he was asking the prophet, what are we going to do? And I think that his life changed right there. Because then his eyes were opened and he saw a complete different reality. You know, it could be Elisha, right? The servant of Elijah. And that was maybe part of his training as a prophet to move in a double portion. And when we pray, we say, Lord, open our eyes. Make us aware of everything, everything, every provision everything pertaining to life and godliness, everything that is available to us that we need to trigger by our faithfulness to pray.
Amen? Amen. Bless this word for us this morning. One thing that I want to do with this word is I want to encourage us to continue in this intercession. You know, I think that we have been watching what God is doing and unfolding. And to me, I don't want to be going, what is going on? What is going on? Why is this happening? Well, this is happening in answer to prayers. <laughs> and a lot of times we pray for things and we do not understand how the answers are going to come. But it should be an encouragement for us to continue praying and especially praying in the Spirit. Then we do not have to have an opinion about anything. But we, we say, Lord, your will be done. And we say, Lord, we do not know, but we know that you have all the answers. And we do not know how the answers are going to come and how they're going to manifest. We are going to be faithful to pray. You know, we pray for our children. We do not know what is God's will for them. And I'm not going to go, God, you have to do this and this and this and this in my kid's life. We bless this for us. Yes. You know, let's do that with one another. Yes. Hold one another before the Lord. Say, Lord, here is this person. You have a plan. I don't need to know. I mean, it's too much for me to know all the answers to all the problems that we have in this world today, this island. Right? And then that's the, one of the biggest problems that we have is that we start trying to solve it ourselves and we end up making mistakes in our judgment because he's the judge. So the best thing to do is, okay, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to continue, like Samuel said, I'm going to continue to teach you and guide you in the right way, but I'm going to be praying for you. Amen. Do you guys want to stand? Yeah. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.